0: Welcome to the Centro Church Podcast. To find out more about Centro Church, please visit us at centrochurch.com.au or download our smartphone app today. This is the second in our series on how to get what you really, really want. And uh, if you were not here last week, I suggest you get onto our um, our app or website and and listen to it. But basically, we asked the question, what do you want? And we concluded, what do you want? Well, I, I want my way. Um, it might look differently, you know. It might take a different form, but ultimately, I, I want what I want. Um, I want pleasure, you know. I, I want something that's going to make me feel good, and I want it now. And we looked at how, how sometimes—well, not sometimes—but every time you get your own way, if you continue to get your own way, you end up losing your way. And often, what we want now gets in the way. Of what we want later, I guess to conclude, our appetites inevitably eat our values was the fundamental message from last week and i I suggested that lurking in the shadows of what you want is what you really want. and what I meant by that is this: there's little to no help in culture there's little to no help in media, in anything that the television or or radio or print has got to offer very little relationships that are going to help you find what it is that really matters to you uh what a value of course is what really matters and uh we we all have things that we want right i mean you all want your you know significant other to behave in a certain way right i mean if you're married you got a husband or wife you all want them to do certain things uh if you've got a parent you want your parents to behave in a certain way right you've got kids you want your kids to do certain things we've all got wants um you want your parents to know certain things and there are certain things you don't want them to know right uh we've all got wants you might say i want to get married hands up uh don't worry about it (laughs) have a look around catch each other i don't know but okay you want to get married my question is why why do you want to get married uh you say well because i don't want to be on my own well is getting married the wholesale solution to loneliness ask someone who's married maybe it's not why do you want to get nothing wrong with getting married i'm just wondering what it is that you hope marriage is going to do for you you've got to go a little deeper than just what's on the surface about what you feel that you want. You might say, I want to be rich. Hands up. That's okay. Those who want to be rich. Why do you want to be rich? What do you hope money is going to do for you? What what is it that rich will achieve? Now, I hope you're rich. You say to me, well, because I want to buy a Ferrari. I hope you get one. Let me have a drive if you do. Uh, No issue. But why? What is it? That the Ferrari is going to do for you. You see, beyond what I want is this. What do you want to be? What do I want to be? See, that's a values question. In five years' time, who uh, do you want to be? In ten years' time, who do you want to be? Uh, it's a legacy question, it's a values question you might say well i'm not ready to die yet just yet so don't worry don't talk to me about legacy well you know legacy is not just what happens when you die um legacy is what they talk about you when you're gone uh when you leave school they uh they talk about you and do they say good things about you or bad things about you uh when you leave work um They'll talk about you. You know, it's what people do. If you have people over to your home, right? If, if, if I visit your home and we have a cup of tea together or whatever, then I leave, I guarantee you that the first thing you say when I, leave that, uh, when I leave your door is something about me. It's what we do. You go, oh, they were whatever. When people come over to your house and they leave, you talk about them. It's legacy. Um, when you leave your current employment, what will they say about you? Will they say thank god he's gone <laughs> we can all breathe now everybody breathes they're finally left <laughs> uh, 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 will they will they go oh man who's gonna do this who's gonna do that so and so so and so they used to do all this stuff and now what, what's this thing's gonna where, where's it all gonna end how will they talk about you when you're gone it's legacy when you leave school, when you leave your sporting club, when you leave your, when you leave your church. Let's just say you get transferred or you leave this church. What will they say about you? Will they say, well, good things? Will they say bad things? Or will they say virtually no things? These questions drive us past what I want towards what I value. And the truth is, no one can answer this question for you. Nobody can tell you what you value. No book, no preacher, no teacher. You just have to slow down, ask the questions, and work it out yourself. And I don't know where you stand tonight in regards to God. I don't know whether you're a follower of God or a believer in the Bible or not. Um, But I believe this is the way God made us. I believe God made us... To 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 operate on the basis of values, right? That's the fuel for our soul. But but we get caught up in all of these appetites, all of these wants, and it's, it's kind of like you know putting diesel into a petrol engine. It, it, you just don't work right. It just doesn't happen the way that it should. I believe God created us to operate this way. Until you find out. What you really value, you'll never know what you really want until you find out what you really value, right? This is how to get what you really, really want, not just what you want, because we all got wants. We all want, you know, a Big Mac on the way home, or well, we all want, you know, I don't know, Miranda Kerr emailed to our address or something. You know, we all want something. But what do you really really want that is your value and uh, we believe I believe that Jesus constantly pushes us past what we want to what we value I believe Jesus constantly pushed his audience the people listening to him past what they thought they wanted into this domain into this area that very few people actually ever journey the area what i really value now now surely this should be easy right and next week's going to be real practical you won't want to miss next week next next week's going to be real practical uh you know uh, and how to work out what i value but here's the issue for tonight before we get into this what i value what you have to understand is this this is not as easy as it looks because choosing value isn't natural right choosing valuable is not natural this is not natural to anybody in this room to sit there and go oh well i just need some more discipline right i i just need i just need some more training i i just need some time and i'll be able to work it out it's not about information necessarily it's not about discipline particularly because this is not natural there is, there is a war that's going on between these things on the inside of you that I'm about to describe in fact I'm not about, about to describe it I'm about to lean into somebody else who describes it really really well uh, his name's Paul and Paul writes basically half or a little more of the New Testament um, Paul was a Pharisee before he became a Christian and as a Pharisee he behaved very much like the Taliban right? he would hunt down Christians and have them killed like the you know the head of the taliban might do he was like the the head of the pharisees the head of this religious cult that thought that they owned truth and everybody else was something less than they were and and the christians were this knock-off cult that needed to be wiped out and they were they were about knocking them off and paul was about the eradication of christians but he has this incredible conversion and he starts writing and encouraging and propagating the Christian faith. And what's amazing to me, and something that I just can't get my head around, to be really honest with you, is that he writes this letter to a bunch of Christians in Rome, right? We're talking less than maybe 50 years after Jesus. So, so Christianity is just in its infancy, right? Just in its first few decades. Kind of, you know, younger than I am. And, and Christianity has already left um, left Palestine, left Israel. It's found its way around the Mediterranean to a place where it was persecuted, a place that was hostile to it, a place called Rome. I don't know how much you know about Nero. You possibly of Nero? You know what Nero would do to light up his backyard? He would get a Christian, he would douse them in oil, and he'd light them up, so that he had light when he entertained people in his backyard his literal light were burning christians Um, and in this environment there are there are hundreds maybe thousands of christians 50 years ago christianity didn't exist and here we are in rome in an environment of persecution in an environment where to be a Christian was dangerous, it could get you sacked from your employment, it could get you ostracised from your group, and into this environment, Paul writes a letter to encourage these people or try to explain life, and and he says this, and I don't know, this could be your life verse, maybe this could be your life verse. Now, what's a life verse? Life verse is a funny thing Christians do, you know. So I said, this verse explains my life all right let's put it up there this 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 romans seven fifteen. i do not understand what i do any, any, life verse right there amen i don't understand a lot of people are buying into this life verse i don't understand what i do um this is paul and, and and paul this this guy who had so much knowledge and so much experience still said, I, 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 this, this, is, this could be a mirror to you. He, he didn't understand what he did. There was this conflict within him. Uh, uh, this is a big deal, folks. In fact, this is probably the big deal. The conflict in you between what you value and what you want. Or between what you want and what you really, really want. Between what's of significance to you in the long term and what you want to embrace and consume in the short term. This, this, is, this is really, really deep. Let's go and look at the whole verse. He says this, I do not understand what I do. Um, for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, that's a strong word, what I hate, this is quite devastating, what I hate, I do. There is something wrong with me he's saying that there's something about me and here's the thing how many of you in this room tonight could say to me i've done some things that i really hated i've come home i've looked in the mirror and i have thought to myself what were you thinking you idiot why did i do that why did i ring her or why did i take that extra glass why did i respond like that why did i say that Why did I throw that? (laughs) Why did I? Why did I? You're an idiot. (laughs) How many have ever thought like that? Only three people. (laughs) The rest of you are just (laughs) looking around and thinking, I can't believe there are people like this in the world, right? (laughs) People who look at what they do and go, what was I thinking? (laughs) Where was I? See, see this, this is why this is so important, right? Because it's a, a centimeter step between I hate what I did and I hate who I am. Right? It's a centimeter step. You're very close. That's why there are people in this room, you hate yourself. And let me just put it out there. You hate yourself. You won't want to tell anyone, You won't admit that to too many people. You won't acknowledge that too, too strongly. But there is this thing inside of you that you just disdain yourself. And you won't let yourself win. You won't let yourself do a whole lot of things because of the opinion that you have of yourself. And, and, and there's a key right here, folks. Paul, Paul is saying, I do the things I hate. And, and I just want to say to you that if you keep doing things you hate, you're inevitably confused. The things from the you, and you literally start hating yourself. He goes on and says this, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the Lord is good. That the law is good. Now, uh, the, he's talking about the Jewish law, and this guy was a Pharisee, so he needed Jewish law better than just about anybody. And and he was like the the, the top of the, the 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 Pharisee, the Pharisaical cult. Uh, sect so uh, he knew he knew he knew what to do and he knew what not to do I mean he understood the law better than anybody and you might be here tonight you might say well I am not a Jew I don't care about the Jewish law and fair enough so let's break it down a little bit easier let's, let's let's put it to where you are right and wrong right let's just think about right and wrong I agree that there is right and wrong and, and I don't always do what's right in fact sometimes i do what's wrong And, and you know people like that don't you you know people who do wrong okay there are people in your world that have done wrong is there not and don't you wish they'd done right don't you wish they did it right but they did it wrong and you're here tonight and you're hurting on the inside because there are people who have done it wrong and what i'm saying to you tonight is quite possibly they had no choice Everybody has a choice. Well, Paul seems to be stuck in this thing where he goes, man, I want to do what's right, and then I go and do what's wrong. I, 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 I hate myself. And we, we give ourselves a bit of slack, don't we? We all acknowledge that we do that to some degree, but it's when other people do it that it really hurts us. It's when other people who, who, who didn't do right when we expected to do right, we wanted to do this and they did that, that it really starts to annoy us we want the people around us if, if we can't acknowledge the fact that ourselves we don't do you know, right every time sometimes you do wrong if you can't acknowledge that about yourself you can acknowledge that about the people you live with but let's face it we all want a deep character right? we all want to leave a legacy we, 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 all, want, um, we, we all want to do the right thing we all want to save money right? we all want to lose a bit of weight or, or we all want to get a bit fitter or, or we, we all want to be a bit kinder we, we all want to do a little bit more we all want to be a bit better than we are, but we just can't quite seem to get there. He goes on and says this in verse eight, eighteen. For I have the desire to do what's good, but I cannot carry it out. Poor bloke. For I do for I don't this is tough to read. <laughs> for I do not do the good I want to do. I wonder how long it took him to write that. For I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil, I do not want to do, this I keep doing. Does that make you feel any bit better about yourself? I mean, if this guy here, this spiritual giant, this great apostle, this guy who wrote half the Bible could at least admit to that, does that make you feel a little bit better? (laughs) Do you think to yourself, wow, I'm not so bad after all. Even the apostle Paul acknowledges there are things he wants to do, he doesn't do them. See, we all get what we naturally wanted. Then we, we've all, I should say, we've all got what we naturally wanted, only to find out later it wasn't what we ultimately wanted. We wanted that. We got it. We had it for a while. We thought, nah, because there's something in your nature. How many know that nature is a violent place? Um, nature is beautiful from a distance, but go out with nothing and spend a few days in a rainforest. <laughs> go out with nothing and spend a few days in a desert place. Nature is beautiful from a distance, but none of you actually live in nature. <laughs> you all live in the quiet comforts of a home or, or, or there, thereabouts because nature is actually very harmful. And very dangerous. There's no forgiveness in nature. There's no generosity in nature. There's no compassion. There's no grace. When we see the animal kingdom, it is dog eat dog. You know, there is an apex, and and the predators at the top eat the predators underneath them, without any sense of guilt or without any sense of compassion, without any concern for uh, the moral value of what they do. That's the natural world in which you are a part of this is your natural inclination your natural inclination is to cheat your natural inclination is to lie racism is natural adultery me first revenge that comes naturally to us all it's part of our nature it's part of the natural world that we live in in fact Paul put it put put it like this Paul the guy who we're uh reading in romans writes to galatians uh, 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 another group uh, a church in galatia and he says this when you follow the desires of your sinful nature now if e- even if you get rid of the word sinful right if you don't believe in sin for some reason if you follow your nature it's just the, the natural inclination of your heart the results are very clear he says sexual immorality impurity lustful pleasure um, he goes on and, and he says, uh, when you've uh l- lustful pleasure, idolatry. Uh, what you might say, Well, I'm not I'm not idolatrous, I don't commit idolatry. This is idolatry. Idolatry is putting things before people. Okay? So if I come over to your house and I say, Can I borrow your lawnmower? And you say, Well, not that one, that's my good one. I've got one over here that hardly works. You can have that. <laughs> but not that lawnmower, because you know, that's 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 my special one. <laughs> uh, that's idolatry. Idolatry is putting things over people now that's this is the natural inclination of the flesh idolatry sorcery hands up all the sorcerers in the house uh, sorcery is something that no one admits to we know no sorcerers sorcery is simply this just so that you understand sorcery is, is, is manipulating controlling people that's what sorcery is about sorcery is not just you know some demonic incantation sorcery is when you try to manipulate people around about you he goes on and says sorcery hostility quarreling jealousy have you ever been jealous? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever seen a family that have just got it all together? You know, the car is always clean. The kid's always got white teeth. Their clothes are never dirty, right? Have you ever seen that family? They always love it on each other. They never seem to argue and fight. And then one day you're driving past and they've got a flat tire. And something on the inside of you goes, yes you know anyone you're sick bro what is that about you because that doesn't make you know the fact that you know they've had a car accident right Or, or, or something you know what I mean something goes wrong you know the kid doesn't get the score to get into the uni so the kid misses out and your kid gets in yeah you know or or, or the relationship, you know, falls apart and she was going out with this really handsome, devon air young man and he takes up with you and you go, yes, I feel so good about myself because that's called jealousy. Why are you like that? There is something seriously wrong with you, isn't there? This is the nature of the flesh. this this is natural you haven't got to learn this stuff this stuff doesn't come as a result of, of discipline this is nature this is who Paul says this is who we are these are the desires of the flesh quarreling outbursts of anger anybody ever have an outburst of anger I'm sure you haven't selfish ambition dissensions division and on and on it goes and if you don't have those issues yourself you know somebody who does and you know what it's doing to them don't you you know that it's undermining their opportunities you know that it's it's destroying their prospects you know that if they could just deal with that horrible little attitude so many more doors would open up for them you know they'd be so much more successful that go so much further in life if only they could deal with that it's a big deal and it's a daily battle what paul's talking about here it's it, it, it's not just a battle that you win once and you move on for some of us it's an hourly battle it, it, it's there and it's It's what I want battling what I value. It's the natural part of me uh, at war with the values or the spiritual part of me. And it's in you and it's in me and it's real. I love the way James puts this, the brother of Jesus, when he writes. But each person in James 1.14, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away. I love the imagery of this. When they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed i'm going to read that again right and i want us all to say dragged away all right all right you ready on the count of three i want us when we get to that bit dragged away all right i want everybody with gusto dragged away okay are you ready all right i'll read the bit until we get to that bit okay but each person is tempted when they are dragged away don't you love the imagery of that all right let's do, do it again okay okay let's do it again okay let's do it again all right but each person is tempted when they are dragged away. you see the imagery of this it's good isn't it should we do it again all right all right let's go let's go but each person is tempted when they are all right sit here well done so I was playing, right, their evil desires. That was me. I was playing your evil desire. What I love about that is that your evil desire drags you away. It's not you. It's that evil desire. I mean, you were sitting there, right, and you were trying to concentrate, weren't you? You were trying to do the right thing, weren't you? Some of you were even taking notes. Or oh, that, or you're making some Facebook statuses, I don't know, but... But, but, but some of you look like you're really interested you know I'm going to be a better person I'm focused then all of a sudden out of nowhere your evil desire turned up and dragged you away it wasn't me it was that evil desire it came upon me and dragged me away that old habit raised it's ugly head. Man, I mean, I've been trying to read my Bible. I've been trying to pray. I've been trying to be, you know, the right kind of person, the God-type person. And boom, over I fell again. I remember when I was in grade nine. It's true story. I was in grade nine. Our teacher was a Catholic, lovely lady, Catholic lady. Anyway, halfway through one class, she threw her book down on the desk and she says, Will you behave? She said, I'm trying to be a good Catholic and you won't let me. <laughs> Jeez, I'm trying to be a good Catholic. <laughs> I'm trying to do the right thing. But you grade nine bunch of morons. <laughs> you keep you know, dragging me away. Dragging me away from being the good person I'm trying to be, the good God person I'm trying to be. he says in verse 15, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. See, sin ultimately gives birth to death. Uh, I I, I do not know why I do what I do, right? I'm starting to hate myself because I was there the whole time I was doing it. (laughs) James gives us an insight here into that 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 evil part of me i don't know i mean he's writing this letter probably to a candlelight in in this dark little room no idea who's going to read it two thousand years ago (laughs) because he's writing it to anybody you know he's not writing it to any particular person he's not writing it to a a group of people just to all of the christians anybody anywhere who reads this letter that's that's who he's writing to i got this message for everybody i hope someone reads it he must have been thinking here we are (laughs) reading it 2,000 years later, on the other side of the earth, he says in verse 16, and you've got to get this. He says, don't be deceived. See, we are so easily deceived. The essence of sin is deception. Don't be deceived. My brothers, my sisters, your heart will so easily deceive you, you won't even know it. You'll be blind. That's what deception is. We are blind to it. Don't be deceived, he's saying. Young people, don't be deceived. School children, don't be deceived. University students, don't be deceived. Parents, don't be deceived. Grandparents, don't be deceived. Workers, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't trade ultimate for immediate. Don't trade valuable for immediate for natural understand there are natural desires that are working against your ultimate values and don't be deceived and think that if you can get what you naturally want now you'll have what you ultimately need later don't be deceived you know nothing breaks my heart and i guess the heart of any sort of you know mature adult and leader, I suppose. More than seeing people who have so much potential trip themselves up time and time again. How many know in the world today, there is so much working against you anyhow over which you have no control, why help it? <laughs> There's so many things that can happen to you that will make your life harder, that will trip you up, That will add a burden to who you are. Why help that kind of stuff by your own actions? You see, we we believe that following Jesus makes you better at life because Jesus makes you better at life. See, Jesus points us beyond the immediate to the ultimate, He points us beyond the natural to the valuable and what he asked you to do is to follow him now i don't know everybody in the room and i don't know who was chosen to follow jesus and who hasn't i don't know who right now is following him and who isn't in a few minutes time i'm going to give anybody an opportunity who's not following jesus to follow him um in a few weeks time we're going to have a water baptismal service and if you've never been water baptized we're going to give you a chance to follow jesus through those waters and, and 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 indeed be baptized but I need you to understand this: that Christianity is not some kind of killjoy thing, right? Christianity is not about taking all the joy and all the fun and all the excitement out of uh, out of your um, your life. Um, Christianity is the Father in heaven coming down and coming into our life to show us what life is really all about. He doesn't come to take; he actually comes to give. Following Jesus will make you better at life. And you'll understand how to resist being dragged away. See, I actually believe there is a way to get what you really, really want. I believe everybody in this room can have what you really, really want. You've got to stay with us over these next couple of weeks as we unpack this. But tonight, I need you to understand that what you value is at war... um, with your nature uh, what, 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 what you want ultimately is at war with what you want immediately a, a, and you have to understand that this is, the, this is the human condition, this is what's going on inside of me and you have to choose one over the other you have to recognize that they are there having recognized that they are there, we will work over the next couple of weeks on how to secure what you really really want what you really want is one of the most important questions that you'll ever answer. So so three questions are going to be on the the Facebook page in the next hour or so. Um, Question number one is what do you really want? Do you really want marriage? Is that what you really want? Do you really want wealth? Is that what you really want? Do you really want him, her, that? Is that what you really want? question number one question number two what keeps dragging you away what is it <laughs> well it's a big bloke up on the platform <laughs> what keeps dragging you away from what you really want what is it clarify it try to try to recognize it and then the last question which is a bit awkward but it's the last question just the same How long do you plan on letting what you naturally want drag your way from what you ultimately want? And you might say, oh, well, you know, I'll stop doing that when I get married. When I get married, everything will be different. Really? (laughs) Um, You know, the the greatest predictor of a person's future behavior is their past behavior. Um, Just because you say, I do, doesn't mean you can and certainly doesn't mean you will uh, marriage doesn't change anything in terms of the condition of your heart it's just a continuation of who you are so you need to become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for now what kind of person do you want to meet what kind of person would they want the person whom you are I've got to tell you the kind of person they would want is the person that represents the values that you have. If you could just dig past all of the surface and dig past all of the, all of the appetites and all of the wants, all of the things that are, you know, uh, easy to spot. If you could throw them away, you know, all of the pride issues, all of the anger and all of the bitternesses and resentments. The stuff that in 10 years' time, you really don't want to be remembered for. You really don't want to be remembered as, as, that, that, as that, that person, as that one. That one who got their, you know, their, them, them, got an all a not over that issue. They didn't get their own way about it. And, and, and you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be remembered as that person. How long will you let what you want get in the way of what you value. It's a decision. But it starts, I guess, with a recognition. So, when we meet next time, we're going to get into how do I now get then what I really, really want. Those three questions will be on the Facebook site. As I said, within the next hour or so, I encourage you to, to, to get a piece of pen, get a friend, right? Get a couple of friends together. And pray, look at that, try to answer those questions and come back in a couple of weeks when we pick this this line of thinking up and we take it down to the next level. Just bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, we thank you tonight for your presence in this room right now. We thank you that you are here by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, and I know that, that there's all kinds of, of warring um, desires within the heart of every person in this room. But Lord, I, I pray for the, the, those in this room right now who want to know you. Who have been navigating a pathway full of all kinds of things that they thought they wanted and they thought they were uh, thought was in, important to them, they thought was going to give them life, but it turned out to not so much be like that. Uh, Father God, I, I pray for them tonight they'll be able to see past the stuff they've clogged their life with and see the ultimate value that they have in relationship and in connection with you. In Jesus' name. Just why our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, look, if if you're here and you say, you know, I'm not walking with the Lord, I'm not following Jesus, I'm following my own desires, I'm following my own appetites. (laughs) Have you had enough pain yet? Look, if you haven't had, have, had enough pain yet, that's okay. No problem. You keep coming. We'll see you in a few months or, or, or a couple of years when, when you've had enough pain, when you're ready to follow Jesus. Or maybe you've said, I've had enough, and tonight I'm ready to follow him.